listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. Ecclesiastes 3 says this, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent. Ooh, that's a good one right now, isn't it? A time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So I, I actually what led me to look up that, that very famous um, passage, which I think the birds did a song uh, to that passage, um, as I turn to Proverbs this morning, which I do most mornings, I turn to the book of Proverbs and uh, just try to get some wisdom. You know, the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Don't you want to be wise? And Solomon was considered one of the wisest men, if not the wisest to ever live. And Proverbs is considered the book of wisdom. And there are a lot of great little nuggets in there and a lot of reminders. And I find the older I get, the more I need to be reminded of things, not not because I'm senile but yet, but because uh, I just need to be reminded more than I need new information. I need principle. I need to go back to fundamentals over and over again, and the Proverbs are full of those. So I turn to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4, and I read this scripture. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek a harvest and have nothing. And so I just started to ask myself, well, what time is it? What season am I in? What season are you in? And how do we make the most of this season that we're in? We're definitely in a weird season, aren't we? Uh, for for many of you, you're you're completely been redirected, like us. You know, uh, we're normally out on the road right now. We, you know, there's another passage in the Proverbs uh, twenty one thirty one that says the horse is made ready for battle, but the Lord brings the victory. And, uh, and I firmly believe that we get the horse ready for battle, and then we count on God to bring victory. What does that look like? Um, for us, you know, we prepare our set list. We prepare messages. We get all of our materials together we're going to distribute. We do all the maintenance on the RV. We load that thing up, which is a chore. I hate to repeat. That's why we stay on the road for so long, because uh, we've had those years where we had to come home and unload everything and then reload and unload and uh, and that gets old. So we prepare the horse for battle, and then we hit the road, and we count on God to provide and open the doors we need to go through. And all, well, all that's been redirected. And uh, 
Many of you follow us. You know that uh, we started the Good Infect. Well, we began by doing the Good Infection DVD, which was simply, hey, everybody on the outside is going straight to you know streaming to get some church services, or they're going to social media to connect with their friends. So why can't we do something on DVD, which is the format inmates have to use? Um, why can't we record something and send it into them? And uh, that was a really cool project uh, where over ten. Ten different ministries got involved, and you know we did so, we did our whole program, and uh, it was ninety minutes long. And then different pastors giving prayers and stuff like that, and we we're getting great feedback from that. But that gave birth to what we're calling the Good Infection Project. Um, for those that haven't been following us, the Good Infection is simply uh, a, a take on what C.S. Lewis called the gospel. It's like a good infection, and I thought how perfect for the middle of a pandemic, um, and so. We started the Good Infection Project, and and uh, and just to give you an update. There, we've got now over a hundred prisons that are willing to take uh, you know DVDs and books. And what we've turned it into is our vision is to create a streamlined process by which we can constantly send uh, what we're calling Good Infection injections to prisons that have you know books and DVDs, not just our, our stuff, but other people's stuff, and uh, and so. That you know requires us to re- write and record new music. We can use our old music too, and but so you guys are, are helping us right now. We just finished recording. Well, we did two days of tracking for two new songs, and we hope to do an entire album of songs. Music is critical to what we do. Uh, it builds the bridge. It's part of the gift set that God's given us, and we want to be good stewards of that. And so we're going to press into these uh, new songs. Some of them are old songs we just never recorded professionally, and so we're working with full circle recording again out in Chester, Virginia, and they do an amazing job. And moreover, they're wonderful, wonderful people to work with. And so if you can help us do that, that'd be wonderful. You could go to lifeontheverge.com and learn more about it, and that's where you can donate. But that's not what the podcast is about. Just want to give you an update there that we're staying busy, that we know what time it is. You know, it's a time to be to be uh, uh, plowing. It's a time to be preparing. Yes, we got redirected, and so we're we're not on the road like we usually are. But we know that we're not meant to sit idle, so we we've got to really pray and we got to look at ideas and and try to figure out. Okay, well here's what here's what happened. You know, maybe our method changed, but our purpose hasn't changed, and uh, and that that led me to that leads me to the next verse. In that, uh, in Proverbs, it says, "The purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out." And this begs the question: What is my purpose? The purpose of man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. What's my purpose? Why plow in, in autumn? What am I trying to accomplish? What am I hoping to reap as a harvest? You see, travel, performing, ministry, and prisons personally has been our method, but our purpose goes deeper than that. Just recently, we've been using the tagline that our, our part of our purpose is to make hope tangible for the incarcerated. That's our deeper purpose. And so, yes, maybe we've had to tweak some things and do it differently, but our purpose has not changed. You know, we may think that people in prison are a bunch of scumbags getting what they deserve, but the truth is many simply took a wrong turn at some point, uh, usually because of the voices they were listening to. And so our aim is to be a voice that helps them find the right path 
forward. And that affects us all, by the way. You know, most people are getting out of prison. And if you think that a man or a woman um, can be evil, you can't imagine how evil a man or woman can be when they've completely lost hope. You know, just recently in the news was... uh, the, the, the story of the judge up in uh, New Jersey, I think, and uh, a man dressed in a, a FedEx uniform knocks on the door and shoots her husband as soon as he opens the door. And then in comes the son, who's only like 20 years old, to try to help his dad. And the guy shoots and kills the son. The, the dad was just wounded. And uh, wow, that's tragic. Well, then they find out that you know the guy ended up apparently the suspect killed himself at a camp campground up in the Catskills, and uh, turns out that the guy found out he had cancer, and uh, he was taking vengeance on his enemies because he knew that he was going to die. He had lost all hope. Well, obviously his hope only went as deep as this life. We try to give people eternal hope. If you don't have hope beyond this life and something, you get bad news like that. And that's what's happening with a lot of the inmate population is they don't have hope beyond this life. We're trying to give them hope beyond this life. There's a greater purpose to live for, and you've got to dig that out. Our purpose is to let men and women know that change is possible through Christ. The scriptures say, if anyone be in Christ Jesus, they're a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. And I still believe that with all my heart because we, Susan and I, are living proof of that. So what is your purpose? Why are you here? That's one of the most common questions that you hear ask is, is what's my purpose? Why am I here? Well, okay, how do I draw this thing out like the scripture says there? So I'm going to make an attempt here. You know, I, I can't go but so deep because I'm not but so deep. But I'm just going to share some thoughts with you on this that, that might help. And again, this podcast, I, I do this as much for me as you. I hope you get blessed by it. But it's a way for me to kind of just dig a little deeper, and it requires me to study a little more and pray a little more. And and so I think first, how do we draw out our purpose? First, we recognize that God created each of us to make a specific contribution during our time on earth. I believe that. We're all very, very unique. We all have our own fingerprint, our own DNA. How crazy is that? Think about that. Every human being has a different fingerprint and DNA, we're all that that specifically individual. So Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Man, I want to know if God designed me to do certain things. He's my manufacturer. And if he manufactured me, to do certain things, to make certain contributions while I'm on this earth, I want to know what they are. You know, I'm that guy that that uh, if I go to a buffet, I got to taste everything on the buffet. You know, if I go to an amusement park, I got to ride everything there. I mean, I paid the price of admission, and well, I don't anymore. I think I, I think I'd freak out on some rides now, being an old man I am. But uh, you you get what I'm saying. Like, I want to discover. I mean, you know, I, what has God prepared for me to do? How do I discover these works? I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, oh my gosh, I missed out on on things that God created me to do. Sometimes we settle. We settle into convention. We settle into what this world tells us is success. 
and uh, and we don't take the risks um, to step out and do the things that are in, that are in our heart to try to discover our purpose. You know, there's a scripture that says, let me find it, uh, Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. Now, Solomon was a king, and I think he's the one that wrote that, but nevertheless, you know, uh, God... God conceals things because he wants us to seek him and seek them out. So I, I want to know, what what's my purpose? What are the works that he prepared in advance for me to do? And uh, and I think here, one, one thing that we can look at is first, well, where are my skills and abilities? Where are my bents? You know, some of us... Um, you know, we, we just have certain skills and abilities that we, we develop over time that we enjoy developing, and I think we know when we're out of sync with those things. You know, I left uh, youth ministry in uh, back in 2007, I think it was, and I was kind of in this limbo state, and I took a job at a mortgage company, and I was working in a cubicle all day long. And let me tell you, I was making good money for what I was doing, and the future was massively bright financially. I could make more money than I've ever made in my life at this job, but I was literally about to hit myself in the head with a hammer. I could not stand the type of work sitting in a cubicle all day. And some people love that. They could sit for hours at a computer just doing the same. You know, my wife and I are so different, but we complement one another. My wife loves jigsaw puzzles. I can't imagine working a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, you know, she loves those, what I consider the most repetitive and, and meaning, what's the word I'm looking for? Just tedious stuff, you know. She she That's why she does our bookkeeping. She does our financial stuff. You know, I pitch in here and there, but she's the main one that drives that because she don't mind. She, she just loves a task where here's a massive stack of receipts and and all these uploads from the bank and to go through and match them up. She loves to do that stuff. I can't stand it. So sometimes our I'm I'm more the okay, let me create something. You know, let me let me let me do something new. Let me write a new song. Let me I it's why we travel, you know, I get bored really really fast. I'm a rambling man, you know, and and I've got to be moving 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 and it's not just that I have ADD. It's that that's just my bent. That's one of the 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 I I don't know if you'd call it a skill, um but it's just one of my bents, you know, that's in me and I think that we know when we're out of sync with those things. Our heart, if we really dig a little deeper, like that scripture says, we draw it out. If we dig a little deeper, we go, you know what, I, I, I'm just settling. You know, I've settled into some convention, um, conventional job, and but I'm not really happy in what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, doing the works that I was created to do. So, so that's just a, a an area you can look at it. Some people are are really gifted, you know, with with uh, computers and and you know software and that kind of thing. Some people are really gifted with their hands, their craftsmen. I've got a friend up in uh, West Virginia, and this guy handcrafts um, like the original muskets from way back in the early American days. I think it might be like the Kentucky something or other. These things are beautiful. He, I mean, he 
handcrafts each and every one. He's got a whole business. He makes a living making these things. He's got a workshop, you know. There are people that are carpenters, and, and they love to get out and build things with wood, and that's their gift set. It's not just their hobby, and they, they, they love that. They're gifted to do it. Put a saw in my hand, you better get out of the way, you know. And so I think that that's one way that we draw our purpose. Well, what what do I what am I good at, you know? And what can I get into what um, some people call the flow state of work? You know, you you can get to work at it, and and you can just lose track of time. You forget to eat. You know, when I sit down and, and work on a music project, you know, I I I just can get so involved with it, I I forget I didn't eat lunch. Yeah, and and so. I think those are indicators. You know, what what things can I do that I enjoy so much? I lose track of time and and I just I just love it. It's just obvious and maybe other people think I'm crazy because I spend so much time working at this thing, but it's part of my skill set or my abilities or my bents. And I think that's one way that we we discover our purpose. Another way um, is through our desires. Now I think we we got to be very very careful here because desire can be dangerous. But if we're living our lives in the fear of the Lord, and that means you know with the respect and awe of God, then I think we know when a desire is wrong. You know, uh, James fourteen fourteen or James one fourteen says, "But each one is tempted when he's lured away and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death." So desire can be God given, or it can be flesh driven. And I think that's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, the Scripture says in Psalm thirty-seven, four, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart." You know, if you're walking with the Lord, you're going to desire things that that please Him or bring glory to Him, that help your neighbor. You know, that kind of thing. It's why we need a walk with the Lord. We need to stay in the Word of God. We 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 don't just need to listen to what other people have to say. We need to discover our for ourselves what does the word of god say you know even when it comes to you know when you talk about sin well what is sin you know ask people nowadays and they'll give you all I mean, what we've done nowadays in a lot of places and even in church is we create a god in our own image a god that makes us feel comfortable no matter what we're doing I think that's very, very, very dangerous. I think we need to go back to the Word of God, and we need to study the Word of God. A lot of people um, cherry-pick a scripture out and say, well, this don't make any sense. They take the Bible out of context. I heard a pastor friend of mine who said that we need to view the, the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. We need to look through Jesus, who was the end of it all. You know, he came to fulfill the law. We need to look through Jesus into the Old Testament, study the character of God, the reason why things happen the way that they happen, not just take little scriptures out of context and go, you know, well, this is the God you're talking about, and he did this, and he did that. No, so anyway, we need to walk with the Lord, and as we delight ourselves in walking with God. You know, I, I use this illustration when it comes to trying to understand God, trying to understand his word, that kind of thing. We start here. You know, I've used this for years, is that, you know, when my kids were little, um, they could walk up to me and, and, and hand me the remote and say, Dad, how does this work? And, and uh, how does the TV work? 
And, you know, I've got a degree in electronic engineering technology. I don't remember much about it, but um, I I could go into a little bit about electrons and, you know, neutrons and atoms and and the phosphor on the screen or, or whatever it was back then. We had phosphor screens. I don't know what they are now, plasma or whatever, but I could go into all the... They'll never understand all that. But if I say, look, honey, if you will just trust your father... You can take this little little handheld device and you can push this button and magically that channel is going to change. Think about how crazy that is that that uh, you know this invisible stuff happens. We're, we're, we just take that for granted. But hopefully my child has two choices at that point. No, Dad, I'm not going to enjoy the benefits of the television because I can't understand it all right now. What, what, just take what you can understand and put it to work. And guess what? As you grow, as you mature, maybe you'll understand more and more and more. So I got off on a rabbit trail there, like I always do. But nevertheless, we can trust our desires. We're talking about discovering our purpose. And I think that part of that comes from what is the deep desires of your heart and being careful that if if you're not walking with the Lord, your desires can lead you into tragedy. And I see it all the time. But if you're walking with the Lord, then you're going to desire things that are best for you. It's going to lead you to the works He created you to do during your time on the on this earth. The contribution He created you to make, the works that He prepared in advance. The Bible says. You know, uh, I could simply say, well, my purpose is to glorify God. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, that's your purpose too. That's a starting point. But I'm talking about what we do with our lives, the works He prepared in advance, how we glorify God with our lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I think that's in John 16. He says, he's the, he's the vine, we're the branches. He desires, our Father desires that we bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I, I think that means that obviously people can do good things and moral things um, and, and not walk with the Lord. But I think what he's saying is that you'll never accomplish the purpose for which I created you. You may go out and do some some wild things and some good things and some moral things, but you'll never really discover who you are. You'll never draw out that purpose that I created you for and make the contribution I created you to create. You'll never discover those works that I prepared for you. There's a, a commentary I was reading on that passage this morning. Uh, McLaren's exposition says this. Let me read it. There is, there is the condemnation of all the busy life of men, which is not lived in union with Jesus Christ. It is a long row of figures which, like some other long rows of algebraic symbols, added up amount to just zero. Without me, nothing, he says. All your busy life, when you come to sum it up, is made up of plus and minus quantities, which precisely balance each other, and the net result, unless you are in Christ, is just nothing. And on your gravestones, the only right epitaph is a great round cipher, quote, he did not do anything. 
There is nothing left of his toil. The whole thing has evaporated and disappeared. End quote. That is the life apart from Jesus Christ. You know, Solomon was, again, considered uh, the wisest man to ever live. He wrote many of the Proverbs. He also wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Well, at some point in his life, Solomon got out of sync with God. He got away from God. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he, he writes this phrase a lot, meaningless. Everything is meaningless. He somehow lost the meaning for his life. And I think that's what happens when we get apart from Christ. That scripture, apart from you, you can do nothing, doesn't mean that you can't do some good and moral things. Listen, there's some heathen people out there that do some good and moral things. But I think, again, that it means you'll never find your true purpose, your true meaning for being here, and the works that God created you to accomplish. You know, in Acts chapter 17, Paul is talking to um, these Greek philosophers. They really wanted to hear what he had to say. And he's talking to them and he says, the God, in Acts 17, 24, he says, the God who made the world and everything in it uh, is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, quote, we are his offspring, end quote. In him we live and move and have our being. God wants us to reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. Again, uh, in John 16, Jesus said, he's the vine. We are the branches, and we've got to stay connected. He says we've got to abide in him, that his words need to abide in us. Uh, if we're going to discover our purpose and do the things that he created us to do. You know, in the late 1980s, I got detached from the vine. I got so, you know, I got into college. I mean, you know, in my story, I mean, I got kicked out of three different high schools. I never really got past uh, the ninth grade was the last grade that I made a passing grade in. Um, I was burned out from from drug use and drinking and partying, and and uh, I was just a living mess. Been arrested a bunch of times, and I was on a path to total destruction. And I, I fell on my knees on November twenty third, nineteen eighty two, and I cried out. You know, in Him I live and move and find my being. The Scripture says it says perhaps they'll reach out for Him and find Him. Well, that's what I did. I reached out for Him. It says though He's not far from any of us. Here's how close He was. Me surrendering. I finally surrendered and I said, God, help. And he did. 
You know, the next thing I did is I got engaged in a local church. I didn't go to church because somebody told me I had to. I needed to find a a body of people that were moving in the same direction I wanted to go in. And so that's what I did. And God began to transform me. He gave me back my brain cells. Suddenly, I was studying for my GED. Then I went to vocational school. Now, here was my motive underneath of all of that. I wanted to tell people about the God that was changing me. That was my motive. I wanted to go to work. Don't throw any stones. But at the time, CBN was the deal, man. They were broadcasting the gospel all over the world. And and I said, well, I I just want to play a back row seat. You know, maybe I could get a degree or not. I didn't even think college yet. Maybe I could get an education in electronics and get a job at CBN. And I could be part of this thing called the Great Commission to spread the gospel around the world. And so I started studying. And the next thing you know, um, I was just getting too big, you know, getting up on my high horse. I took the entrance exam for community college, and I, I passed it. I did real well. I got into college, and I was making A's, man. I had like a 3.8, a 3.9 GPA. Suddenly, I was so consumed with college that I didn't have time to go to church and be around those people that might help me continue in the right direction. And so it took a period of years, actually, as I studied through college and got off track. And uh, and the next thing you know, I was detached from the vine. So guess what? I was kicking butt, making great grades, and and I was, you know, then then I became a cop when I got out of that. I got to the end of my college years and I realized, yeah, I don't even like electronics. I can't sit at a bench or behind a computer all day. Friend of mine was joining the police department. I said, "Yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, I'll be a long shot. Maybe maybe I could get a job working for the very police department that once arrested me." Now, keep in mind I'd been clean for like 5 years and I'd gotten a college I was a completely new creation. God had changed me. And uh, sure enough, they hired me and I got into police work. And then You know, a few years into that, it was suddenly, man, I am so far off of my purpose, of of my my real reason for being. You know, I'm doing a good job at this, and I'm doing good things. It's a it's a noble job, but I, I just feel so detached from what I was created to do. And so, you know what I did? I finally got back into a local church, and I got under the preaching of the word. And I got back, and and listen, I didn't lose my faith in Christ all through those years. I still prayed. I fell under a lot of condemnation because I felt like I wasn't measuring up, which I don't think that was from God at all. I mean, He may have allowed it to draw me back, but uh, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I think, to some degree, I wasn't in Christ Jesus at the time, at least not like I should have been. So I got reengaged in a local church, and little by little, under the preaching of the word and around people that were moving in a direction that I I knew I needed to go in, God began to let me get reattached to the vine and discover the works he created me to do. And praise God, since about 1991, I've been reattached to that vine and I think moving in the direction that God created me to move in and accomplishing things he created in advance for me to do. So we started with, well, what time is it? What season am I in? What should I be sowing? There's a warning there that says, uh, you know, we need to we need to know what time it is. The slugger does not plow in autumn. He will seek a harvest and have nothing. We want to be busy about the things that are going to give us a harvest down the road, but it's hard to know what I'm supposed to be um, sowing so that I reap a harvest if we don't understand 
our purpose. And that next scripture said, the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. So that begs the question, what is my purpose? Then we looked at Ephesians 2.10 that says God created works for us to do in advance. And so, you know, God wants fellowship with us. That's the bottom line. He wants us to reach out and seek him because in the end, he wants our lives to magnify what he's done through Christ. Now, that word magnify simply means to, that somehow my contribution on this earth will make Christ large in the eyes of people. That maybe they'll look at my life and my contribution and, and they'll, they'll take a look at what Christ has done. Now, they can choose to reject that. We have free will, but that, that's not up to me. What's up to me is to discover the works that he created for me to do and, and uh, pursue those and, and fulfill the purpose he created for me to fulfill. Listen, I'll close with this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light shine before men that they would see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, there is nothing like watching somebody really soar at their purpose. Don't you, aren't you inspired to look a little deeper when you see somebody that is just crushing it at their game? Whatever that is, their game might be creating, you know, software, writing music, performing, whatever. But when somebody is in sync with something that just looks like they were made to do that, you're inspired to look a little deeper. And so that's why we need to know the things God created created in advance for us to do, because we'll do good at that. We'll, we'll, we'll grow at that. We'll, we'll excel at that. And people will see that, and perhaps they will look toward God. Hey, hope you enjoyed that. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Hope Signals. You can learn more about us at lifeontheverge.com. We're a completely donor-funded ministry that carries the good news to prisons around the United States. You can help us by sharing this podcast, by partnering with us with a tax-deductible gift at lifeontheverge.com, or by even talking to your leader or pastor about having us come and minister. Thank you for letting us be just another voice of inspiration in your journey.